Santa Maria! Welcome back to another episode of Dingers and K's. My name is Jeremy Halchel. I'm here with Jamal Roussel, author, brother on baseball. What's going on, man? It's been a it's been a little bit. Yeah, it has been a bit, but it's good little you know caught on the the winter hiatus. Yes, that's <laughs> what it was. Yeah, definitely hit the IL right there for a second. Um, <laughs> a little bit more than the ten day. Yeah, yeah, a little bit more than ten day, but we're all back to normal. We're all good here. Back in here. All the holidays passed. I haven't even seen you since I think New Year's. Yeah, I know. This is the first one in 2022. First one of 2022. That's right. <laughs> you are correct because I didn't want to finish off on an Astro Dinger. That's right. That is what it was. <laughs> that is correct. So first one of 2022. Yes. How's the New Year treating you? Uh, my New Year is going well, actually. Million. Well, there we go. You know, the Mets haven't played yet. So, you know. That doesn't bring a damper down yet. Right. So the little ball of hate, that'll wait till like April-ish. You good, know? good. We can hope. <laughs> All right. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope we keep you in a good mood. No LBH is around here. Right. You got some new brother on baseball merch. Yes, I do. Which I thought was great. Yes. I had actually fun creating that one. <laughs> Maybe eventually we'll be able to put it out. Well, we, we know bullpens are volatile. Yes, they are. I'm looking forward to 2022, basically. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good year for us. I know I had promised some interviews right before we exited. Unfortunately, dude, Om- Omicron, Omicron. <laughs> Omicron really screwed us up here. It ain't just us. <laughs> yeah. But mainly us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to get some more answers on that before we figure it all out, get going on that. But Dingers and K's, our first one of 2022. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I really should start off with the Dodgers, but I don't have a Dodger one today. What do you got? Well, my first dinger is my first dinger of the year is a little bit. Uh, it's old school, of course. You know, got to keep everything old school. Yeah, I know. So this one is a guy who's kind of flown under the radar and Baseball history as it's gone forward. Okay. So this one is a home run of by Dave Parker. He was called the Cobra. He was a guy back in like the 70s into the 80s, you know, kind of overshadowed a little bit on his team by a Willie Stargell, kind of overall in the game, kind of by Dave Winfield. They were kind of contemporaries. Mm-hmm. But as I told you before we were recording, I think when it's all said and done, I think a veterans committee, this dude's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Okay. And so for his time, he was a power hitter. He had one of the best right field arms ever. Just so here's the Cobra. So this is him taking one of my K's of last year, actually deep. Oh, there we go. So the pitcher on this is my guy, J.R. Richard. You did have him. So J.R. Richard was my pitcher. So now I got the Cobra, uh, Dave Parker, taking him deep. So here we go. I'm not adequate, but they just get blocked out sometimes. It's the toughest really call for them to make. There's hey, a drive they were not um, together on that. No. Way up into center field, about eight or ten rows. Parker has made it a brand new game on one blast there. You talk there about hitting the ball yep. downtown. Eight or, ten, eight or ten rows up center field is a bomb. Yeah, th- this one was in the old Astrodome. So if you, if you can... Even vi- further. Yeah, this thing, it's a big ballpark. The walls were high. This ball was smoked. Man, for so like the people who don't know, Astrodome was first of all huge. Yes, that starters, but any ball hit the center field is always over like four hundred five minimum. Right, you got to really hit it, and if you're really hitting it ten rows up, yeah, that's like four forty, four thirty ish, probably even further. Right, and this is like not like a little seven foot wall. This no, is, no, you know, like a twelve foot wall, and he's going over that. Yeah, this thing was deep. Damn. And it's funny side note with this particular dinger is what happened next was. Willie Stargell went oppo. Go back to back at the beginning of the back to back. I love it. Should have just played the back to back. Yeah, I know. Should just let it go, right? Um, mine starting off in Boston. So Hall of Fame voting is still going on. So I'm starting off with Big Poppy over here, who has the most votes so far that have been tallied. Okay. He is at 83.5 percent of a yay. Okay. However, we can't track private votes. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, we'll, we'll know so next week. It's expected to drop down actually a good amount because a lot of the private vote people 
are the people who are too scared to say that they don't want PED players in the hall. As we've already said, just put this mess on live TV. Just do it like Congress. You got to say yes or no on TV. We know if you voted which way you went and you can answer for that mess. That's what I'm saying. I, I need to get in somehow on that like marketing team of MLB. Yeah. So I can help them do this correctly. Yes. Well, no, you just go to the Baseball Writers uh, Association of America. They run the, the the Hall of Fame voting. Well, I need MLB, like the TV. I need the channel. Oh, you need the channel. Need the gotcha, channel. gotcha. Got it, got it. Because I don't think ESPN is going to let me play baseball. Only on Sunday nights. Only on Sunday nights. So possible first ballot Hall of Famer. All right. David Ortiz, first career home run with the uh, Red Sox. Garrett Anderson way back there. This ball is gone. And David Ortiz, whose team was eliminated last October from the league championship series. Oh, there's a young Mike Sosha right there. So, Oppo Bomb here in Anaheim. So, okay. what are we down? 15 minutes yeah. from the big A over there. Yeah. Oppo Bomb something you probably will never see again because he guys actually like reaching for a ball. He's not just burning <laughs> and turning. So like the only time he ever does this. Yeah. Give okay. or take. I'm, I'm visualizing the swing. I'm, oh yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, like the ones we see today, we're like, how did that ball go out? It's one of those. Right. Cause it's full extension. That ball's like curve down and away. And he just right. whoop, floats it out. Big, right. strong man right there. And this is before he's big, big poppy. Right. Right now he's like medium poppy. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was cool because like I said, possibly going in the Hall of Fame next week. He's at 83.5%. Need the 75% to make it to the Hall. It's looking possible. Yeah, I think he gets in eventually. I, I think he's in eventually, but I was never expecting first ballot. And it's kind of trending so far. Yeah, I can see him not being a first ballot guy. And I'm okay with that. But yeah, I think he gets in because like we were talking about earlier, like those eras of different teams. Yes. And he might have to be like, he might be the dude of that team, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't look like Manny is having too good of a shot. No. Schillings is kind of shooting himself in the foot every other week. Right. I'm trying to think who else is on that team. Nomar. Yeah. Not on the winning team. No, Nomar was gone. So like, yeah. Veritech, but even if Fasada's no. not making it, no. Veritech yeah. has no. zero chance in my nope. opinion. Like, where do you go? Yeah. That's it. That Poppy's your guy. <laughs> that might be the guy. For those who want to know, Bonds right now is tracking at 77.1%. He ain't making it. I don't think so. And uh, Clemens is at 75.9%. He ain't making it. And Clemens has actually been the guy that has the higher total, usually. Yeah, yeah they're not making it. This is not going to happen. What are we going to do? What are we going to do with these people? But uh, we got some Ks. Yeah. My K of the week. This one will be the slowest K I will probably ever have. <laughs> worse than my Freddie Freeman one? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because I think your Freddie Freeman when the ball stayed in the frame the whole time. Barely. <laughs> Barely. But it did. So this one is uh, Dave LaRoche, left-handed pitcher from back in the day. He is pitching to Gorman Thomas, a burly power hitter for the Brewers from back in the day. And what do you think? Burly. Like I, the 70s kind of fro. I was going to say like rookie of the year. The guy that's like grinding his yes. teeth. That yeah, 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 like that. And say mustache, hair, the Brewers uniforms with the elastic waistband, and it's like not. It. I yeah, like it. It's not doing him any favors. You know, he is that the baby blues. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Full on. The shirt, the pants, all of it. I've been trying to get some baby blue jerseys for another Brewers team that I know, but they don't listen to me. Yeah. So we got him, and this is going to be Laroche breaks out an Ephus pitch. Love it. So Ephus, for those who don't know, it's kind of. Slow pitch softball. <laughs> it is a lob. <laughs> yes. It is a lob that has a lot of height to it. Yeah. And it just happens to drop in the zone. Yes. And so here we go. And again, this is a major league game. He is actually trying to get a hit. This isn't some celebrity thing. And no, this is, they're actually competing. And he broke this out with two strikes. Roach has the crowd excited. It's kind of funny that I mentioned rookie of the year because if you remember the scene where he just like looks at the glove, looks at his mom, looks at the glove, realizes it's the mom's glove, and he just kind of tosses the ball, and the guy does a big, big swing and does right. a whole spin around. Right. That is exactly what just happened. That's what we're getting. Yeah. yeah. That is exactly what happened. So if you don't see this clip, go yeah. watch rookie of the year. Wait till the last scene. Yeah, you'll get the idea. The exact same thing <laughs> is perfect. Zach Cranky's pretty big on the UFIS. Yeah, he'll he'll use it. He's broken it out a couple times. You know couple guys have them, you know, they, they use them when they need them, you know, 
it's always a good laugh, but this was, you know, not that. <laughs> no. Really quick. I had a little bit more Hall of Fame stuff real quick. Okay. Scott Rowland, who you think is going to go with, correct? Yes. You had him as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. He's at 68.8. Todd Helton, who I feel is a Hall of Famer, is only at 44.9. And Billy Wagner, we both felt was in that top tier of closers. Yeah. He's at 46.4 right now. Okay. And Andrew Jones is at 48.2. But like I said, that's just right now with the tracking that they have. All right. We're going to get the answers next week. But I was a little surprised on the rolling because a lot of people were making a big push for him this year. That he was going to get a bigger jump off yeah. at least the guys that show their votes. Yeah. I could see rolling if he doesn't get in ne- this year. I think definitely next year. Well, it's going to get interesting because I think the class is going to water down a little bit for the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Right, right. The Heltons, the Wagners, the Rollins, right. maybe even Jones. Right. Start getting that bigger push. Yeah, because you'll have Bonds, Clemens, Schilling will be off the ballot. So you're not going to deal with them anymore. So that opens up three spots for people who've been voting for him to give it kind of to those guys. And I also think, you know, if no one gets elected this year by the baseball writers, the league will gently nudge them and say, come on. We need something. We need to have something. Um, Some notable guys, I would say, over the past couple of years. Mark Burley, not looking very good at 5.3. Ryan Howard, 1.8. Nope. (laughs) Tim Hudson, 2.9. Nope. Tim Lincecum, the freak, 2.9. Nope. Surprisingly, because you kind of won me over with his numbers. Tory Hunter, 1.8. Yeah, I know. Um, Jonathan Powerbomb, who I didn't really suspect anything from. No. 0. 0.6. Mark Teixeira, 0. 0.6. Mark, Ter- Mark Teixeira has got to go down as one of the better power, I'm not, power switch hitters, right? Yeah. Like a top 10 power switch hitter, maybe? Yeah, he is, but again, he's- he had a lot of health issues. He had health issues and the era. Mm-hmm. That's what also hurts him. You have to start looking at what were his, because then, okay, of that group, let's say Ryan Howard, Helton Teixeira, those people on the ballot. These yeah. are the people all retired at the same time. You know, you're going, well, your careers overlap. Is he the best one of those three guys? I think it's argued. You can argue it. Best glove out of the three, right? Well, sure as hell ain't Ryan Howard. Yeah, it ain't Ryan Howard. <laughs> so it'd be Helton or Teixeira. Yeah. And Teixeira kind of lapped over an older Helton, right? Yeah, but I see, I think, okay, at their peaks, I mean, their peak, Ryan Howard's probably the best one at the peak. He's hitting 50 he's bombs. He's the one that has like the yeah. two career years where yeah. you're like, is that Barry at the plate? Yeah. Um, but I think also to share what's his defining moment, what's his defining anything? Oh, nine World Series. I guess. <laughs> and you got the Angels Mike Trout. Right. <laughs> he's got that. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just he doesn't really have that thing either mm. where he's like an icon for like a franchise, like where Helton is. Yeah, so Helton's Rockies, definitely the face of the, yeah. the franchise, 100%. Yeah, who's the greatest Rocky ever? <laughs> yeah, I think you got to put him and probably like Tulo goes in there at some point. No. You don't think Tulo is one of the greatest Rockies He's ever? one of, but the greatest. No, no, right no, not, now, not, not the guy. No, two not day. that guy, but one today, of the If you said today, the Rocky, if you had to put a statue outside. Oh, you got to go Todd first, right? Right, it's Todd Helton. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, yeah, that, that's your guy. I got 1K for you. All right. I don't mean to kind of cut that off. No, 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 that's fine. This guy, Brandon Gomes, the new GM of the Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers, striking out former Dodger Hanley Ramirez. All right. Why do I have this guy so I can have my Dodger top? I know. you. Get, it's a good deep cut. I, I like You that. like that one? You like how I got into that? So I'll go with the K. I'll give you some background info on him. Ooh. Dirty slider, inside corner. What I like about this one, 3-0 count. You got Hanley worked up to 3-0, and he said, you know what, Hanley? You're Boston Hanley. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not walking you. I ain't walking Boston Hanley. Dodger Hanley, maybe. Miami my Hanley? Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> this Hanley, I'm not walking. This is left fielder Hanley. You're not, no walks here. No walks. I don't think he's at first base yet. 2015, I don't think he's at first base yet. That seems like left field Hanley. Right. And nobody's afraid of left hand, left field, or first base Hanley. Yeah. Just kind of Boston Hanley. In general. In general, yeah. First stint and second stint. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Brandon Gomes, the new GM, part of the promotions the Dodgers are having right now. The only information that's really coming out since we're on lockdown. Right. This guy just bounced through the system yeah, he ran so through fast. Really he's fast. just like yeah. he's had four promotions in a matter of like six years. Yeah. I do One hear of the things that they you guys Yeah, I was about to say the, the Mets, Mets were, were stiffing around. This guy's like highly, highly regarded yeah. right now in the baseball world yeah. or as GM. They yep. really like what he brings to the table. Um, he's had experience. Well, one, he's a Ray guy. Yeah. So he gets the analytics standpoint. Yeah. Friedman knows him. He knows Friedman, you know, and from what I've heard, yeah, he's a good guy, smart guy, obviously. And 
baseball guy. Yeah. That's one. I think that's one of the things people are really looking at now. Can you do both? Yeah. Can you be analytic guy and can you be baseball guy? Right. He fits the mold. And also with him, because he played, you know, the players are going to get, players to, you are, can't say know. you never played. What do you know? Exactly. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I was just, a lot of you guys have played against you. <laughs> so, yeah. so um, he's gone from director of player development. He's now the 12th GM of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Just huge. No, it's going to be an accomplishment just from like, he retired five years ago. Right. Yeah. And look at where he is now. Yeah. 37 year old GM. Yeah. Now how what, long what is going on here? How long is he going to be there? Who knows? Now it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward in terms of, will he get credit if things go right? And will he get blamed if things go wrong? Cause I do wonder, cause again, you still have Friedman yeah, kind I was of gonna say, I think this is just the Friedman era, right? This is just, these are the guys that teamed up with him, right? But everything like top line, when you look at it, who made the signing Friedman made the signing. who right. made the trade Freeman signed off on the trade. Friedman made that trade. Right. That's the one thing I wonder about is, will he get credit for this kind of stuff going forward? Cause like kind of the only progression for him would be like a president of baseball operations. Yeah, that's the only way he could leave now. Right? right. Basically. I mean, he could leave as a general manager. I mean, he has a contract. Well, contract then, expires. He could like, go. What is it? If you can only get the meeting, if it's to a higher position, correct? Ge- if they're if, if, if they're under contract. Mm-hmm. So generally, the industry standard is if it's a promotion, then they'll let the guy take the interview. Yes. Now it doesn't have to be because again, the Mets have been going through this for months. They're calling around. Everybody's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. And they really got denied by like three people in one week. Yeah, you know, and apparently they, they got denied by the Dodgers. Too. Yeah, they, they, they try to talk to him out. Yeah, they try to talk to him too. And so, like I said, industry standard. It's not the be all Norm. end all hard fast rule, but that's been the like the accepted thing is like you're not going to slow the guy down. Yeah. Because also you don't want a disgruntled employee either. Man, I could have been a general manager over there, and you're mm-hmm. keeping me over here. You know, you're slowing me down. So they let them go and let them do what they're going to do. So I do wonder though when time comes because I was reading something last night that like, this is the gig kind of you want. To be underneath, like the president of baseball ops or a general manager, can't lose your, you can't have the city calling for your head. Exactly. That's I was reading. It had to do. It was more about general managers, but they said this also applies to this structure too. Mm-hmm. Is they said GMs average tenure was five and a half years, and they said assistant GMs, the guys under them, is thirteen and a half years. Yep. Because they're like, yeah, you just sit there and it's just a gig and your buddy's taking the heat. You're just there kicking it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of because it, it also added like a diversity angle. They're like, this is just a way to keep guys out. You get your buddies paid. They just keep in their jobs. They're looking at you. They're not looking at them. Mm-hmm. They get to hang around. If you get fired, they just hire one of them. That becomes the new one. Yeah. And then you just bounce off to some other team. You just kind of keep their cycle kind of going. So, you know, that's what that's kind of what they were looking at. I also think it's a smart standpoint from Freeman where. Yeah. I have a player in my front office as a main guy. Yeah. Freeman, a lot of people know he's not a base. He didn't play baseball, professional no. baseball. He's no. a numbers guy. Right. And now you kind of have that mix where you went from Farhan. Right. To being kind of empty with Farhan's another number guy. Right. Where you kind of have that guy. Maybe there's something going on so in the background that blend. we don't know. Yeah. It's a blend of both. Yes. Where he's like, okay, they got the baseball guy. I feel more comfortable. Right. That this guy understands what we go through on a daily basis. He understands the minor right. league system. He understands the daily grind. He understands right. what we are going through. Yes. And I think it's just smart Friedman thing where he's like, nope, I got the guy now. So you can't really come to me when it says you don't understand us. Now, the one variable in this, and you might not want to hear it, is this all to be a precursor for Friedman's getting out of Dodge. Saying, I've kind of done what I can do here. I've already won here. Okay. He's going to pull a Theo and just say, you know yeah. what? Yeah, Time exactly. for the next challenge. Yes. I really hope not. So you're laying the groundwork. We got it's you a possible. guy. Yeah. It's, it's definitely possible. Um, but we've seen him bring so many guys in who are more than worthy of these positions, right? Yeah, right. Alex Anthropolis yeah, just had, won a World Series. Yeah, you've had Anthropolos. You've had, you know, Burns. Yeah, Farhan. You've had Farhan. Like, they have yeah, a lot yeah, of guys, had guys in yeah. who are previously GM somewhere, and they're like, mm-hmm. Dodgers organization, I don't have to get the heat for a little while. Right, I can hang Let's out do here. this. Yeah. And it seems like he hasn't maybe found the guy. He's like, you know what? You're the guy that's going to take over my position later. Or right. Yes. Yeah, so this could be a little couple of years. Okay. You got it. All right, cool. I'm, I'm up out of here. I hope not. Everything has gone pretty damn well, in my but, opinion. But if you've built it right, it doesn't need you to be there. If you've done it right. Well, at a certain point, the next guy's got to be able to do it right. Yeah, exactly. Like for instance, you know, we have the Coletti guy still here, right? Right. Where you kind of set it up and then you kind of understand, okay, I got to take this and either go up or figure something out. Right. Right. Like you gotta hope that the guy after Friedman, he's like, okay, I just gotta match this because obviously this keep it going. works, yeah. right? 
right. and just tweak it or whatever it might be. You just don't want to show up and be like, what the hell is that guy doing? You know, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and now we're on a free fall. Yeah. We've been going left. And now today we're going to go right. Yes. You don't need that. Pretty much where fingers crossed it never happens. Friedman stays with me forever. <laughs> Friedman could be my Vince Scully. No, they don't stay forever. Ugh, that'd be the worst. <laughs> got a lot of things to still talk about. All right. We have fair or foul. Yeah. We got some pitchers to talk about. Yep. We got the, the Royals. Royals. Yeah. And we got um, some more pitchers to talk start, about. <laughs> cut, and bench. Yeah. More, more, more pitchers, but let's hit it. Fair or foul. All right. So I had this proposition or not proposition, but I had this question for you. Yeah. I've been seeing a lot of news going on. Meetings are finally happening between the players union and the owners. Supposedly the first one lasted five minutes. Yeah. Then there was talk about spring training possibly being canceled or postponed. I think it's going to get delayed because you're running into, I mean, it would be like less well, than a month from yeah. now. Yeah. We're at January 20th. It'd Pitchers be, are supposed to start recording in, in, in a three couple weeks. weeks. Yeah, yeah. Three weeks out. So the question here, fair or foul, it would be a bigger slap in the face to have this season shortened or postponed rather than the COVID year of 2020 when the Dodgers won the world series, as I mentioned the last part too. <laughs> um, I would say it's fair because again, the COVID year that was beyond anybody's control. Nobody could predict it, see it coming and go, yeah, we had a plan for this. I mean, you could argue about the 60 games if you want to, mm-hmm. but this is completely self-inflicted. Baseball didn't need to be here and here they are. So I do think it's completely fair. If you said this would be a bigger slap in the face of the fans, than. The, the shortened year after or during, I guess, the beginning of mm-hmm. the pandemic. So, and baseball really doesn't need to do this because, I mean, again, the, the sports landscape is so different than like, say, 94, that it isn't just like we don't have anything else to do. Oh, they'll forget about baseball in a heartbeat. I mean, it's not on anything now. It's disappeared. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you're not looking on MLB Network to see, oh, what's the latest update, ESPN, what's the latest, there's nothing. It's just gone. Sandlot. You know, right. They're showing you a sandlot. For love of the game, the natural, yep. uh, <laughs> every Kevin Costner baseball movie, you know, field of dreams. Like, okay, that's all we're getting. So it just recedes from people's minds. If you think, oh, look, it, we're going to turn the lights on. People are going to run back here. Mm-hmm. If you delay the start of the season, no, they won't. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think this is the one time Rob Manford actually got something right. Kind of came out. Obviously it's more of a political statement, right? Yeah. But the idea of we cannot afford to have anything else go wrong with baseball. We've already had our COVID year where we only had our 60-game sprint. We've already seen me be a schmuck out in public. We have all these things going on. We can't afford another hit, Yeah, in my opinion. And the money that would be lost would be just tremendous, I think. Yeah, that's the big driver. If you're losing money, then okay, that changes everything. That's the ownership side of the equation. It's money. It's a business for them. Straight up, period, full stop. So I do think you're gonna get it's gonna get busier. Coming up this next, probably in two weeks, like the first week of February, mm-hmm. then they'll get serious because you know that, okay. Well, pick- now you're really on a t- timeline like, right. hey, we need to be reported by, the, what is it, like the like, like 15th or 16th around the 14th, or whatever yeah, it is? About 12th to 14th. I think it's like usually right after Valentine's yeah, around, Day. Around Valentine's Day, yeah. Like, we got to be here. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do type of situation? You yeah. kind of finally got that clock. Right? We got three weeks. We got to make something happen here. Yeah. We got to so, actually sit down, have right. a conversation that lasts more than five minutes where- Right. My was it the players guy, the players union rep walked in and literally walked back out here like a little segment of it and walked out already. Yeah. Like that's just ridiculous. Well, I mean, what because if you know these are certain things that they want to have and you're yeah. like, these are non negotiables for you. Once you see, you're like, okay, I'm out. Okay, we're bringing this up again. I'm out of here. I don't need to, there's no back and forth. If say if the owners are saying, okay, we want, Let's say free agency to be like the players want to move the years down. Yeah, they're not they're before. not budget on six is what I've been reading. Right. So the owners tell you something different. Forget it. We already told you <laughs> your proposal has this. We see bullet point three. You're saying, let's say it's tied to age. That was one of the owner's ideas. We're going to make it where you're 29 and a half. You could be a free agent. No, we already said this. So we see 29 and a half. Okay, we're out. You're not serious. Yeah. We're done. We're not, we're not ordering your OD. We're not even going to, there's nowhere else for us to go because we already see one of our core things you, you've you already, you can't yes. move on. Correct. There's nothing else to talk about. So what will happen is, again, I mean, I've gone through labor negotiations in a different forum mm-hmm. is, yeah, it'll become, okay, here's the deadline. All right, now we're serious. So now here's your six. Here's our real competitive balance tax number. Instead of moving it from 210 to 215, here's the real number. The real number was 245, let's say. Dodgers oh. would barely be over. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know. 
But let's just say now you start really getting some yes. real things. Um, I was also, because I know I had mentioned this in my article I wrote the other day, that they might throw in the international draft. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Throw it in now. Like, okay, we're going to bring this up now. Because like I know the, the Players Association is taking a little more interest in the draft and the minors somewhat. <laughs> well, I saw that they haven't been thrilled that these international prospects are getting paid way more in advance, correct? Yeah. Rather than these college guys or high school guys that are going to come in. Well, it's leverage. So, because again, if you understand how the international draft or the international, sorry, the international free agency works, I'm a 16-year-old kid in the Dominican Republic. I go have my showcases. All the teams are there. I'm free to sign with anyone. Mm-hmm. That's why I've told you before the draft is stupid. It doesn't help the team that's in last place. It just helps keep costs down. That's all it does. Where in the international market, there isn't that. No, you're just paying whatever you feel that guy's yeah, worth. Whatever you feel he's worth. or the, the kid's going whatever I can get. Now, there's other issues down there, which we don't got time for it today. But it, trust me, if you read the article, it's there. I kind of touch on some of them. But it's a true free agent process. And this kid's 16. He gets two years on some high school kid here. Mm-hmm. He's been playing pro ball in the U.S. since he was 16. Your high school kid's just getting drafted. Whatever high school coach he's got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good luck. <laughs> you know. And so you hope the, the American kid can catch up. But that being said, you know, that they want to have possibly like an international draft because that'll take away a lot of that. Okay, Dominican kid, you can't talk to all 30 teams now. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Your signing rights are now held by the Los Angeles Angels or the Dodgers, the Padres or the Royals or whoever. It'd help a lot. I want to say it would help, but it would be a thing where owners just spend the money, right? It Because like, let's just say, I uh, can't remember the guy, the bigger one right now, but Juan Uribe Jr. right now is out there fielding calls. Okay. Let's just say he's the next. Um, he's Fernando Luis, Tatis Jr. Luis yeah. Robert type of guy, right? Yeah, right. The Royals draft him one. And they said, you know what? Now we have an opportunity to come to a, a deal. At least it, right. in a sense, it would help those lower teams, right? In a way. Give I mean, or take. In a way, it, of course it does. Because, again, I know the Royals, I don't have to compete with 29 other teams for this player's services. Mm-hmm. Where, as the international market is now, no. you no, call. I'm looking at you. I'm not fielding a call more than likely. Well, no, because, again, it's you go. Because, like, again, in the international market, they do have pools. They only have so much money. Yes, they, they did create that a few years ago. Because before it was just the wild, wild west and you could just sign them for how much you could give them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but the teams with the, the what would happen is I like, say, if I like my Dodgers guy. Yeah. So he's my local Dodgers scout. I want this kid to sign with the Dodgers. Or the Dodgers have a good minor league program in developing players. I'm going to steer my players that yeah, way. Yeah. You know, so granted, the Dodgers in the current system only have so much money to spend, mm-hmm. but they can still get kind of pick of the litter, you know. Whereas if you're, let's say the Royals, if you don't have your minor league system straight, those top amateur prospects are going, no, I'm not going there. I'm yeah. going to pick a different one, you know? And so that's why if you look at some of these teams, you look at why do they have all the Venezuelan Dominican mm-hmm. prospects and the other team has none. That's why, you know? So that's something that would be, you know, they're looking at throwing that into this new CBA. <laughs> well, because, we're going to have to wait and see, right? Yeah. It's something that's going to be negotiated. You do, know? do you see it happening in this CBA or maybe like the next one? I could see it. Well, the thing is, like, say the international draft, because that's something that would catch people's attention. Uh-huh. I think they're going to try to get into this one because of the time. Okay. Because right now, the draft, the international free agency period usually opens in July. Where right now, in the draft is usually in June, you know, late May, early June. Mm-hmm. So by doing it, if you put it into this CBA, now you know all those come July or June, you can move your draft wherever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Now those international kids who've been signed in July, you're just part of the draft now. The draft just kind of stays maybe where it is. It's just a matter of who's in the draft now Correct. versus having kind of different signing periods. You just make it where it's one thing. So the owners are going, this would be a good time to do it because you just signed all your international kids right now. And then you can just get ready for July and move on. You don't have to deal with it anymore. Well, I think a lot of the main signing period just happened, right? Because well, no, well, everybody is... Out well, there it, a ton of guys. Well, it opens. It opens January fifteenth. So it's oh, like that's what it was. Okay, yeah, no, it starts then. Starts then. Juan Soto's brother. <laughs> yeah, interesting one to me. Yeah, right. Rec- uh, or not resign, but sign with the Nationals. Yeah. I wonder if that's any indication to maybe what Juan Soto. What big brother staying around? Well, well yeah, because okay, how, it's worked well, out for him. Yeah, it's worked out for him. Why not me? But you look at it like, let's just say, you know, we just imagine, right? Yeah. Family. I want to play with family one day. Right. Exactly. Close enough in age where it's a real possibility yeah, that they land on the same squad. Right. So it kind of buys into that idea, like 
Is that dude staying? Because there was talks of him going here, there, or over there. Because I right. saw the Mets were big. Yeah, they were on Juan Soto's brother. I they can't were. remember his name, but they were huge, and it was yep. all indications where they yeah, were. That's led. where he was going. Right after the- that, like, Juan Soto <laughs> to the Mets in three years. I'm like, holy crap! We just had Juan yeah. Soto to the Dodgers a month ago. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. But, then, but I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. So I think these kinds of things are going to get looked at, and like I said, you're going to start getting the serious proposals in about two weeks and all the CBA. So you're, what will the competitive balance tax be? I know that the owners had already moved off of um, compensation for free agents. Mm-hmm. So no more draft pick compensation. They're already moving off of that. Okay. That was something they'd already said. Yeah, that's, I think that's not, a good idea. Yeah. Get away from it. Well, that's one of those, because the player's big thing is tanking mm-hmm. and the team is just kind of getting draft picks just coming to last place. You're doing the Astros things or what the Orioles are doing. Now the players see that that is a big, big problem, which I agree. You know, you can't have it where a portion of the league is just completely not competitive. Mm-hmm. You can be bad and still be trying. You know, the Detroit Lions have been doing that in the NFL for 50 years. They're, they're just bad every year, but they try. They're picking. They're trying to get good. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. Don't I don't work know what out. they're doing. So you can't have it where you're systematically deciding this is what we're doing. We're going to be bad on purpose. Mm-hmm. You can't have that. So I do think, you know, getting rid of the, the draft pick compensation that's attached to free agents helps because, again, that way, if you're in a rebuilding mode, you're more likely to bring guys in because it's not going to cost you a draft pick. Yeah. Or you're already a good team. You're more likely to keep your guy. It's not going to cost you a draft pick. You're not, you're not, you're not going to gain that draft pick by letting them go. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, we just keep this player, you know, he's here. So I'm not going to let, let's say, if we're going to talk about the Royals, we're not going to let, say, Salvador Perez go. We're going to want that first round pick for him. No, you ain't getting that. Oh, well, forget it. We'll just keep him. Yeah. Right. We're going to resign him where he's, well, or he will leave for free. Not be able to sign mm-hmm. because they have that pick attached to them. Right. Where nobody's going to spend X amount. Yeah. Like, okay. It happened to uh, Craig Kimbrell. There you go. Yeah. Sat out half a season. Yeah. Because sitting out there, him, Dallas Keuchel. Nobody wanted to around. waste a pick on a closer. Right. Exactly. Him and Dallas Keuchel got just kind of stuck out there. <laughs> I think it's more common for the pitchers. Yeah. Right. Where you're like, man, I'm not doing it for this dude or right. whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But I think that'd be a good place to start. Just for time consideration right now. All right. We got to keep moving forward. All right. So we're talking about pitchers. We got pitcher talk. You All have right. that picture to this pitchers. We brought it up on Twitter today and Instagram. Okay. Who would you take for the next five years? And I thought it was a pretty interesting question because it's a guy that not a lot of people know about versus a guy who's put on the stage, right? The main stage in Walker Bueller versus Shane Bieber. So my question to you was, if you were going to sign a guy for the next five years, where are you going and why? Okay, so I will go with the next five years. I got to go Walker Bueller for this reason. It's recent. It's recency bias, yes. Uh, Bieber was hurt this year, missed half the year. I got to see him healthy for a full season. I think that's a fair thing. Because you said um, for the next five years. And yeah, also next five years. And also he was hurt with the shoulder injury. And shoulder injuries, those are dicey. They, they can be tricky. Yeah. I agree. Just so that people don't think this is like a clear Walker Bueller, right? Everybody It's not. <laughs> a lot of baseball fans know the name Walker Bueller now, but nobody knows Shane Bieber. Why? Because he's in the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians yeah. Plays for the Cleveland Guardians now. And uh some things that people don't know. He won a Cy Young already yes, in his he did. what second year? Which Walker does not have one. Walker has not gotten that close. <laughs> Past year was his closest year. Right. In 2019 is his Cy Young. Second yeah. year in the majors. Mm-hmm. Two all-star appearances. Yep. An all-star game MVP. MVP. yeah. Triple crown. Yeah. And an ERA title. Right. Like, just so that people don't know, like, this dude's a dude. Like, yeah. He's one of those guys where you're like, these top five pitchers, where you argue, like, who's the top one? He's in consideration. Yeah, he's one healthy. of them. Right. Like, he is that nasty. He is that good. Yeah. And it's just, he plays on a small market team where you don't get to watch him as often compared to Bueller, who's yeah, he's on playing one of the, in LA. He's one of the marquee teams and he's one of the and frontline he's guys. The playoffs all the yeah. time, mm-hmm. Right? You get to watch those playoff right. guys more often. Unfortunately, Shane Bieber hasn't really had that opportunity. I think they had one year and they got knocked out by DJ LeMay. He was base hit up the middle <laughs> off of Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller? I think it was Andrew Miller. I think it was, yeah. Like, that's why. So, this is a real topic, like a real conversation. I kind of didn't know where I was going to go yet. And I'm a Dodger guy. Now, my initial inclination was to say Bieber. Like when I, you just, when I first looked at it, I said Bieber. But then I was like, wait, 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 wait. You know, let me look at it a little more. And again, like I said, recency bias. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, if you say all things being equal, okay, it's saying full health, then it get, then it's really like a toss up. 
Well, let's play that into it. Full health. Yeah, assuming they're go? going to be healthy for the Full, next five years. Five years, they're going to get 32 starts apiece. Hmm. It's even tougher, right? You look at their numbers, yeah. it's considerably <laughs> the same. Other than Bieber's rookie year, where he got a little beat up, 455 ERA. Yeah, but I'm going forward. The next five years. I'm not worried you look about at the that last next ones. one, 328, 163, 317. Like, he is that dude, and you put him on a winning team. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm worried about the pitcher. I'm, I'm assuming my team is good. Yeah, assume your team is good, and this is your frontline guy. Yeah, which guy do I want as my frontline guy, assuming my team is good? Yeah. The only nod I would give to Walker Buehler in this sense is playoff experience. See, I would give Bieber a nod. In, again, you're looking at the next five years. Not yeah. what's gone on is the innings load. Correct. Because we got to see, can Bueller can if can really either guy be a consistent? Well, his Cy Young year. Right. 214. Right. That's what I'm saying. So Bueller can, hasn't. 200. He hasn't done that. Uh, he had 207 this past uh, year. 207 total, right? 207, yeah, total this past year. So, yeah, that's my thing is can you give me the 200 innings? Now, again, it may be going as baseball is going forward. Nobody is. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be 160. Unless that becomes the new norm. No, he's about to be 160. Uh, they already kind of they're talking to they him. They already now. talked to him. They already yeah. told him. They, they to, treatment. Well, they told him and DeGrom, like, look, fellas, we need like the starts out of you guys. Need you guys there at the end of the line at the, at the, at end. the end of the season. Yeah. Cause so they already kind of told him that no, <laughs> we ain't doing that again, which we'll see. Cause again, it, it's January. Mm-hmm. So lots of things are said in January that don't come to fruition come June. Yes. So <laughs> we'll see what That's happens. happens. <laughs> but no, between these two guys, I think if assuming full health, I might go beaver then assuming you can just say you're healthy. Mm-hmm. You're not you. Cause again, I've seen the 200 innings. I've seen, I, I have a Cy Young out of this guy. I've already seen it. Mm-hmm. So I know he can reach that level going forward. Now, can Bueller get there? Absolutely. But I think I might go that way, assuming health. So I'm going to go with the playoff thing. All right. Just that he's been in a World Series, won a World Series, and had good starts in the playoffs. Okay. That's what I'm looking at because these guys, regular season, we know what they're going to do. These, they're top three Cy Young candidates every single or They should be. Yeah. Top three Cy Young candidates every single year. That's how right. dominating they are when they're right. on the mound. And I just look at it, if I'm a good team and I know I'm going to be in the playoffs come October, I need the guy who's been there who doesn't get that little butterfly maybe right well, before but, that. But see, because again, I'm not seeing, you know, Bieber spitting the bit, you know, if you need him in an October no, I'm not start either. He has either, but. but I know. Again, again, and you got to ride, ride, ride with your guy a little bit. You know, he's your guy. <laughs> that might be a little bit of uh, some bias, but yes, I got to ride with Walker. But I tell you, when it comes to these like comparisons, it is this one's a, oh yeah, it's razor thin. It's what, this is one of the smallest ones I've seen. Where I'm like, wow, like I don't know. Like usually a lot of our stuff, I'm like one, two, three, yeah, or whatever it might be. But I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, like these dudes are like the same guy. Yeah, one throws a little harder, but the other guy's got more command and a little filthier. Right. It's this is a Coke and Pepsi. We just simply which one do you prefer? Correct. It is li- really really like that. I agree. That one I really liked. I yeah. really liked that one. I'd love to hear what everybody else, is, everybody else has to say. And for this 22 season, check out the Guardians every fifth day. Just for this guy. <laughs> Just for, Don't watch anything else. No, no Zach Plesak. No Tristan McKenzie. No. <laughs> Forget those dudes. <laughs> yeah, no. Just only watch this guy. Maybe a Jose Ramirez at bat every once in a while. Other than that, just watch this we'll guy We'll see how long Jose's day. there. Yeah, exactly. Every fifth day, watch this guy because trust me, it'll be exciting and a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, no, he's good. He's, he's really, really good. I love seeing him carve everybody up. He's, yeah. He's nasty. Yeah. The Royals do not have one of these guys. No, they do not. They have, um, they have to deal with one of these guys multiple times a year. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they get Bieber probably like five times a year, but they haven't had one of those guys pan out yet. They have Brady Singer. They had Brad Keller, Chris Bubeck. Yeah. Yeah. They've had a few. And unfortunately, they just haven't really panned out to the way they wanted. They had Danny no. Duffy past year. Yeah. He was pitching pretty damn good. Yep. And just, I think the shoulder went out. Shoulder injury, so. And uh, he got traded and never made an appearance. Good work if you can get it. Yes, <laughs> I guess so. Um, they had Mike Miner this past year. They've had a couple guys. Kansas City Royals, man. They're in a weak division right now. Yes, They finished 74 and 88th. Mike Matheny, who has won a lot of baseball games with the Cardinals, mm-hmm. has some good managerial experience and maybe could lead a team. He's going to give them some structure. It's a, it's a cardinal way. It's a, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. But, it's a, but to you me, need it. We, uh, we talked about it with the Padres, right? You need that certain structure where, you know, right. This is what you were expecting of you. Now go out and do it. Yeah. This, to me, I was going to say, this is Buck show Walter light. Okay. That, I like that's that. how I would kind of look at it with okay. Matheny. 74. 
in 88. Yeah. 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 Problematic. <laughs> Unfortunately, they play the White Sox a lot too. Yeah, they do. And that's, I think we can really place a lot of their losses on the White Sox. I don't think they had a good record against them this past year. I'm trying to no. remember, but I don't think it was very good. So let's just say you break even, you're probably an 80, 80, 82 squad. Yeah, the problem, yeah, the problem the Royals have is they're exactly where you don't want to be. You want to be good or you want to be bad. They're neither. They're that 74 and 88, <laughs> nicely in the middle. And their other kind of issue, which is self-inflicted, is ownership. Because this has to do with how much does the owner decide to invest in the ball club. So it isn't like, you know, they're again, teams are owned by billionaires. That's with a B. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they, oh, they don't have money. They do. <laughs> the, who was it? Reds, though, are millionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, that guy's not a billionaire. Right. He's like the one. <laughs> what do we, we saw three. I think yeah, there was three yeah. guys under a billion dollars where we gave an okay yeah. to them. Uh, you want to be cheap. All right, fine. We understood why. Yeah. But they were one of them. Yeah, but the Royals, they have the resources and they have a history of, you know, traditionally they're not, I mean, for a lot of people don't realize that they used to be actually good, like consistently, like through like the eighties was like oh. kind of back in the day. It was we're like, not oh, that far from their world series appearance, two world series appearances let's and not, a win. Let's, against not, let's your not bring guys. that up. Against your guys, the Mets <laughs> blowing it. You might as well just let the Dodgers go, but yeah, you guys okay. went. leave Lucas Duda alone. Leave him out of it. Okay. <laughs> Terry Collins, Matt Harvey, leave him out of it. <laughs> oh man. It was kind of a mess, but like I said, I don't think this team is, this is one of those teams where you're not as far as it seems, in my opinion. I don't know because it's, can they get there? Because, okay, what, okay, let's go, let's go into it. What do you think they need? Well, how would, how do you fix this mess here? These guys remind me very much of the nationals that we spoke of last week. Okay. Where in the sense where we know they're not a terrible hitting squad, but they just need a little oomph in the lineup in the sense of where we need some power. 27th in home runs last year, averaging one a game. Right. You're not going to win a lot of games, unfortunately, in today's day with one home run a game. So I really think a push in the power department would help these guys offensively because they put the ball in play a ton. Their average is 248, 8th in the league. They're getting their 10th in the league in at-bats with 33 and a half. So they're getting to the plate. They're getting their opportunities. It's just, can I drive that guy in? And unfortunately, they can't. I look at their doubles, 20th <laughs> in the league, averaging one and a half a game. That's Whit Merrifield probably hustling out a blooper. Yeah. All right. You have 3.99 RBIs per game, 24th in the league. You have the uh, Whit Merrifield walks per game. Doesn't walk very much. Neither does the squat. Right. Two two walks a game, 2.6 walks, 30th in the league, last in the league. They're really not that far offensively, in my opinion. Like I said, get a couple power guys, one solid power guy, in my opinion, and it kind of changes. You get that RBI guy, you get the opportunity where... We have guys on base. Can we get them in? And that's where those, the nowadays, 250 guys, 240 guys with 30 bombs, but 100 RBIs really would help this squad, in my opinion. Does he have to play defense? Probably not. Okay. So that being said, okay. So the, no, the, the name that just popped into my head just now, then it fits. Schwarber, Jock Peterson, guys, yeah. to me, makes sense on a squad like this where right. we put them, we're going to put you in good matchups. We face righties like 60% of the time anyways. Probably right. a higher number than that. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get good at bats. Yeah, Go now, out there, do your thing. Yeah, you let put Schwarber's that way. You don't have to be on the field anymore. Put him back in the Midwest. You know, he's closer to home. That's mm-hmm. where he's from, you know. Liked it in Chicago. He hit there, you know. <laughs> so. He didn't hit too bad there. Hit better in Boston. I wouldn't be, I think he's going to go back to Boston. But again, does Boston want to pay for DH clogging up the spot? That is true. You know, and also I think with them, I could see, you know, again, like a Schwarber type. I'm just, I'm just trying to think of player type. Type. No, I yeah. think you're right. And you know what's so crazy about these numbers? Do you know who their catcher is? Yeah. Salvador Perez, who led the catchers with like 50 home runs last year. I think he had, what, 48? I think 48 and 120 <laughs> RBIs. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not that you didn't have one of those guys. You had one of those guys, but you don't have any depth to your lineup. You need multiples. You need to lengthen the lineup. Exactly. Because, I mean, you need to just have the guy where. If I can get past that guy, that guy can only hurt me with a single. Yeah. You need to get past that. Right. You need to get to the guy where, oh man, we got the three, four, five hitters. We got to actually pitch. I got to pitch to him. I got to work around these people. I got to navigate through the lineup, not, you know, Michael Taylor, you know, Kyle Isbell. Like, okay, yeah, Michael sure. Taylor played 142 games last year. Exactly. Should not be playing 142 <laughs> games last year. No. Like, these are the type of things. Hunter Dozier played 144 games. Right. 
Like they got guys that probably don't belong in the lineup that often, but that's why I'm saying you get one of those two guys. And I think you honestly have an opportunity to be a 500 squad. So now if I get you to 500, then how do you make that next step? Now, granted, I know there's one key piece that we haven't mentioned yet, which will be the main thing in them taking the next step mm-hmm. with uh with Bobby Wicker. Bobby Wicker, number one prospect. Yeah, maybe your number one prospect in all of baseball. Yeah, he's I think he's like fifth. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, third. Depends on where you're looking. I've seen him first, I've seen him third, a couple different spots. Baseball America has him one place, baseball prospectus has him somewhere else. I was looking at MLB. Yeah, MLB.com. So, yeah, okay, MLB. Yeah. So he regardless, he's top five no matter how you want to do it. Yes. You know, he's by that good too. Yes, he's legitimately that good. He's your typical power shortstop now. Right, right. He's your case a lot, but I was gonna say comp him to like a similar version of like a Carlos Correa. That's where I was leaning. Yeah, that's where exactly right. where I was yeah. leaning. But he's supposed to be that good. That's the next guy where when you get to that spot, if you're 500 before he gets to that position, right. Oh man, we just added a five of five war player, five win guy. Yeah, now that might get you in that wild card conversation now you're back in in that conversation we haven't we've seen the royals not be shy about making trades yeah they'll make moves they went got cueto that year yeah beat you yeah i know (laughs) right got them to beat you we've seen them do it though Mm -hmm. where maybe they won't put as much money into the starting rotation but they're gonna get that bullpen to be dominant they'll be volatile yeah like you said (laughs) but to be not as highly volatile or just get it to work this year and they will worry about next year year. (laughs) exactly like that's why I'm saying they're not as far. Okay. People say like Royals, ugh. But really, they're not that bad. And I really think they could get something out of one of these starters. Brady Singer, I think, is supposed to be the dude. We'll see. Mistake, mistake me if I'm wrong, right? He's supposed to be the front line coming he, forward. Yeah, he's supposed to be one of their guys they're going to try to build around. I mean, Daniel Lynch is another one they're going to try to build around. I, I'm higher on Lynch, actually, of the two. Then you are on him. Okay, mm-hmm. so the one thing that I did like about him is that so? He unfortunately pitched to a four ninety one ERA. Yeah, but his FIP was four hundred four. Okay, so you're in the good. AL that's not no. You're good. You're, you're not about front line guy, league averageish in terms of for your first real year. Right. Yeah. Good. I don't think that's terrible out of your first year rookie to pitch at a four four four. No, 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 no. You weren't completely overwhelmed like you shouldn't have been there. You know, nothing like that. And also, this is the kind of spot where you just let him go. Just let him. Let I'm take pretty sure lungs. there was a lot of those games where you know what he was getting roughed up. Just leave him. Yeah, let, and maybe let, another run or two got tallied on or whatever right, it might exactly. be. Hey, the defense isn't making my plays. I just showed you it's a whole run yeah. almost, right? It's a whole run mm-hmm. where my defense just either A, isn't lining up in the position it needs to be, or B, is just not making the play. Right. So yeah. it's really weighing me down. What if I get through this third inning? Mm-hmm. Am I clean the rest of the way? Am I not? What's going on? Am yeah, I, but, yeah, if I can keep it to two runs instead of four, exactly. you know, that one little play or that one little base hit that didn't get through. So I'm not too down on him yet. Okay. I think there's opportunities there for him to kind of grow yeah. where you have, not everybody's going to have a Walker Bueller, Shane Bieber. No. But if you can get some twos, if you have enough twos to threes, I think you have a real rotation. We've seen the Giants do it with a bunch of twos and threes. Threes. <laughs> like Tim Lincecum wasn't Tim Lincecum anymore when they won the World Series. Matt right. Cain wasn't dominant Matt Cain anymore. Right. Yeah. Barry Zito, for God's sakes, out there yeah. pitching. Like, But they had a one. They rode Mad Bum and said, okay. That was the one. That was I the guess. one. Yeah, he was the one the second time. Well, when they beat the Royals, it was mad bump. Like, you're going to pitch, you're going to start, you're going to relieve, you're going to pitch every game. <laughs> I think he had three wins and a save in the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think you might be right. Chris Bubik, who we talked about, who's supposed to be one of those guys. Yeah, the Royals have guys who have decent potential stuff. Mm-hmm. The stuff looks good. Now, is it a functional pitcher? That remains to be seen. That's the one thing with any of these guys. Jackson Coar. Any of them that mm-hmm. they have stuff. Is there a pitcher in there? And I do think this would be a team also, I think would benefit from making sure that you're, you're again, hopefully Matheny's, you know, as he builds out his staff, get me a real, a real pitching coach. You can get these guys to take that next step. Make sure I get my analytics department together who can really mm-hmm. show these guys, look, this is how you need to work to really help them make these next steps and these adjustments or to make them more quickly. So it's not a bunch of trial and error. If I tell you, Look, ditch the sinker, go with the four seamer. Okay, got it. You know, and help them make those adjustments more quickly. I'm almost surprised there's as many sinkers today as there are with the down swing coming up the whole time. Yeah, but it's 
the easier ball to hit over the fence is a four seamer. It was a four seamer. But if I hit it, it's gone. Yeah, then it's gone. Yeah, <laughs> sinker's <right>. move. <laughs> but I was just meaning like the ball is almost matching the plane. No, I get what you're saying the about the plane coming. and whatnot. I get it, but I'm also looking at the lateral movement. I can get, right. I can miss your barrel. I can, I can come down. I have a better chance of missing here than I do. Right. Not everybody's going to throw like the rising. Yeah, quote unquote, rising, where it holds its plane, it's just straighter. It just holds its plane. Yeah. The the high RPMs, it doesn't drop as much exactly. with gravity. Rotation keeps the ball to without level. Getting, yeah, and it's too far into physics. But yeah, Lane Kershaw, <laughs> one of the highest. I don't know how, but one of the highest. Your guy, you like Daniel Lynch? Yeah. Another FIP, almost a run lower. Right. Like to me, like there's honestly opportunities here. You have a closer that did a pretty damn good job last year in Scott Barlow. Yeah. Who who can do some stuff? Who can be a back end guy? You can be trade bait. Or you can be trade bait to get more back end guys or some starters, whatever no, it no, might be. No, no, because that's where you start. To me, you start using these pieces like Michael Taylor. Hey, if he does something for me, I can move you. You know, yeah, I'm just enough. I'm just but saying. I know what you're saying, but eventually we're going to see Whit Merrifield. Yeah. Probably not a lifetime. Yeah, we, we talked about Whit before we record, and this was a good 20 minutes. We're talking yeah, about no, Whit We talked about him a lot. Let's just say Andrew Penintendi has another good year next year. Right. That's trade bait. Right. You can like, move these guys. Like there's opportunities here where you can get some guys that really help you. So when you have your guy, Bobby Witt comes up. Right. Hey, we got Bobby. We got Chris. We got Daniel. We got these guys. Let's go make this run. And again, you're going to hit on some guys. There's going to be some people coming through who are either A, going to develop that you didn't know about. Exactly. So the wits of the world. Yeah. The, the Bobby Witts of the world. Or let's say. Well, I was talking about Whit Merrifield. Of the oh, world. yeah. 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 The Whit Merrifield. Or let's just say, okay, you move Carlos Santana out of there because all of a sudden. Nick Prado's ready as a first baseman. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, we got our first baseman. So, hey, Carlos, we can move you because somebody needs a bat from somewhere. Or there's a universal DH. You can just, you know, switch hit. You can walk. We know you can do that. You have occasional pop. Hey, somebody will take that. You move them. So then it's we have a younger guy who's going to be part of our future core. We've moved an older guy. And we have something else to replenish our system and keep the kind of get the kind of the machine going to keep it going. It's funny you kind of mentioned guys also that you're not really expecting. Do you know who their short, shortstop was last year? Was it a, oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, not, not, not Mondesi. It was the other guy. Nicky Lopez. Yeah, Nicky Lopez. Who hit 300 yeah. last I kept wanting to call him Nick Madrigal, but that's not him. No, that is not him. He plays in uh, Chicago. Yeah. I was like, he plays in Chicago now. No, he plays for the Cubs now. Who doesn't have a lot of pop, but he's getting on base. He's doing the little right. things, right? Like yeah. Those are the kind of guys where, hey, we weren't expecting this, but it happened. Right. Now we got some stuff going. Now we get... This power bat, we get this. Like we got something going now. I can tell you their uh, pitching stats. Not going to really help my case on being ready to make the push. No, no, no. But, but they're in that department where you're like, okay, like we make one step forward, two steps forward. We're here. Yeah, but I think with the pitchers, it just kind of clicks. Mm-hmm. And it'll be, okay, he's made the adjustment now. Correct. And now he's fine. Where to me, hitters always kind of come and go. You just go hot, cold, hot, cold. That's the nature of being a hitter. Mm-hmm. Where I think a pitcher, he's good or he's not. Correct. You know, I mean, Max Scherzer's Max Scherzer. Every start, basically, you have Max Scherzer. You know, DeGrom's DeGrom. Your Kershaw's Kershaw. Bueller's Bueller. It yeah, is what it is. Too often you have like a Luis Castillo situation. Yeah, where he was, where, yeah, bad for then he's good. Yeah, and then he's like, oh, that's the best pitcher <laughs> in baseball for three months, four months, right. whatever it is. You don't really see that. Where hitters do that. So I think with the Correct. pitching staff, once you get them, that's what I was saying, with your analytics department, you figure it out. This is your mix. This is how you're going to do it. Oh, okay. I understand now. And now I'm fine. Now I'm good. I got it. I understand. Throw more sliders than curveballs. Four seamer instead of a sinker. Got it. More change-ups, you know, or whatever. Once they make that adjustment, then you have something. And then you can kind of ride that. Correct. They're in the bottom third of every. Yeah, basically stack. everything concerning the bottom third, just of every stack. Every you through yeah, it, anything but, you want to do with pitching. But like we said, if you can get into that mid tier, I think you really have a chance. We look at that division: Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. Not really there to make the run, right? They only got Shane. No, 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 no. Oh, you got them making a run next year. There, Shane got hurt, and then they went. Oh, okay. This team is not going anywhere, so forget it. All right, you have them. You have the Royals. The White Sox should be there. No, and then you got the Tigers. You, and you have the Tigers who we said are up and coming. Yeah, they're coming. But did you notice we said kind of up and coming to like three teams? No, because okay, with Cleveland, okay, in this division, Cleveland to me, Bieber got hurt, Plesac got hurt. They had like, you know, so they had some hurt guys and that their team is built around pitching. Mm-hmm. So if you lose, say, three of your five starting pitchers, well, this and not it's not gonna work. Correct. So you give them all their pitchers back full season with an adequate offense, they're back to kind of how they were. I think that's what the ownership and what their teams just kind of laying in the weeds. I think that's what they're doing. 
It's like, okay, we got everybody back now. All right, let's go. Now we have our team together again. Um, I can see again, the White Sox are in win now mode. And will they get over the hump? We'll see. I don't see like, say, Rodon going back there. So they're going to lose a guy out of their rotation. It was a big piece of it last oh, year. Oh, he was huge last year. So what will they be? And again, they didn't get where they were trying to go last year. And they had actually built for it. Mm-hmm. What do we get this year, <laughs> a year after that? Offensively, you got to hope Yasmani kind of comes back to normal. I'm just talking about them. Yeah. They, they got a couple guys where you're like, right. oh, if you can get back to being what you were, we'll be good. Yeah. If you get hit the norm again, right? be your average self and we'll be yeah, cause even I, better. Because I do think, you know, the Royals and Tigers are kind of neck and neck-ish mm-hmm. in terms of who's going to get there first. Because the Tigers have two premium prospects and their pitching staff is mysterious also, again, they got Rodriguez in there. I was going to say, they got a lot of things, like you said, like the Royals, where you have a lot of names in that rotation now, top prospect guys. Right, yeah. Where you're like, as soon as they hit, we can make this jump. If they hit, they're exactly, they're going to make that jump. I think the Royals are there. It's can they make that jump or how quickly Almost do they? first pitcher. First pitcher to make the jump. Yeah. Casey Mize or Brady Singer type of situation. Right. Who's, who's going to be gonna do it first? Right. Where we can say, oh, we got our ace. Right, we're getting this two guy. We're, we're getting. We're, we're starting somewhere. to get. Some, we're getting some guys now because we see what the lineups can do, and they're not terrible lineups. Just again, they both missed the umph. Yeah, or again, if you're going to miss the umph, then fine. Beat me in a different way. Mm-hmm. Make it where my team now we all hit 280. We all steal bases. Then fine, we're going to bring the 1980s Royals back. Mm-hmm. We steal bases and run around, and that's what we're going to do. You know, well they're trying. It, didn't, it just didn't pan out. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> I know they are. They were first in steals last year as well. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why I mentioned it. The, the, Correct. Go back to doing that. Then that's, mm-hmm. we're just going to win a different way. We'll just outrun you. Fine, if that's what you truly want to do. I do think getting Matheny in there at the Cardinal way, you're going to start seeing a little bit more patience and a little more pop out of the team. You know they're going to be fundamentally sound, which I didn't really question their fundamentals. Like the, the bits I watched them previously, it wasn't like, man, this team can't feel. They're just like, say, to use a different team, the Marlins, I did question that their basic fundamentals were a lot of the stuff they would do, where I don't see that with the Royals. They haven't been anywhere like that. Mm-hmm. So I could see this team possibly making, you know, jump towards your 80 wins and maybe hum- Wit gets them kind of closer to being over the hump. Do I think this team is going to be, you know, World Series winner by 2026? No. <laughs> Are they going to be the Texas Rangers that I called? No. <laughs> I got them up on my imaginary, imaginary board still. I know. I'm just thinking whiteboard next week. Oh, I know. I got to bring one in. I'll I'll make sure we got one. All right. Because I need to start putting all my things. I had, <laughs> I can't remember the range. I think I had them within like three years yeah. or four yeah, years. You They're going to win the division. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of guarantees. And I think so far it's working in my favor. All right. But like we said, Royals, that is far. I think we can really die. I think we could actually talk about the Royals for a long time. Actually talked about them longer than I thought I would. There's, <laughs> there's so much fun stuff about them. Yeah. It's just a team that nobody really talks about or right. sees. Yeah. Again, like the Guardians, not really on that primetime level right now. No. As they were a couple of years ago when they were winning hundreds of games every But year. even then, it was still, they just pop up in the playoffs. It's like, where did this team come from? And they just, here's... 50 arms coming at you out of the bullpen real yeah, quick. Yeah, here's the Herrera, Holland, you know, like, okay. Wade Davis. Wade Davis bullpen. Exactly. But I'm actually excited. I am really excited now about the Central. Previously, I only cared about the White Sox, but like, I really think this is a division. Yeah, and you start looking into it, it's like, like oh, okay, it's not that bad. Maybe not next year, but right. 23, 24, 25. Yeah, going forward. This could be like the NL West. This could be like the AL East. Right. Where we have powerhouses where any team's capable of winning 100 games a year. Right. Other than the Guardians because they don't spend. But No, because the, again, if you, you pitch right. By that time, those guys should be free agents. Okay. That's so why. That's a, okay, you're that's saying they I'm won't be in my head. Unless you hit it again, right? Because it's hard to keep hitting every single year. Yeah, Only well, so many teams could do it. Well, who knows? You know, Who knows who's going to own these teams in a couple years? Correct. Now? You know, new owner comes in and. Again, I'm living it right now. You know, new owner comes in. It's a whole. Oh, yeah, you're in a whole nother ball game. <laughs> and we haven't even dissected the Mets yet. Huh? No, no. Oh, that'd be a good time. I well, know you'll love that one. Well, that's be like a solo podcast here, man. You just go. Just, you talk about them. <laughs> Let me know how it works out. Really quick. We had a start bench cut that we put up on Instagram. Yep. And Twitter. We got some good feedback on that one, too. Which yeah. I thought was pretty interesting because I think there's actually a lot of talking points here. Can we get into all the talking points? Probably not. But start bench cut. Mariano Rivera. Trevor Hoffman, Dennis Eckersley's possibly the best three closers of all time. Modern closers. One modern. inning. Okay, modern. One inning closers. One inning closers. Yeah. And my guy, California, California Love, is trailing up. He's, he's coming up. 
okay, maybe if you run this back in 10 years, you know, maybe Kinley's there. I think so. He's going to end up with more saves than Dennis. Different era. And also, Eckerson was, and a, then he pitched, he started he was a starter, right. How would you map this out? I think one is easy, right? Yeah. I mean, if we're just putting him on my team, yes. One is, okay, Mariano Rivera. Greatest sure. closer of all time. Sure. Number two, it gets a little more dicey. I'll go Eckersley because peak Eckersley, like MVP Eckersley. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. This guy has an MVP. <laughs> Again, rightly or, young. rightly or wrongly, he does. You know, should he have won him? You can debate it, but he won him. Hoffman, though, might have better numbers if you put him side by side. But I'll also say again, Eckersley wasn't a closer his whole career. He came up as a starting pitcher. He was like the first one inning mm-hmm. closer. It was Eckersley started when Tony LaRusso was, you know, he had him in Oakland. You're going to be this guy. And he kind of created it. So, you know, you can't kind of go, well, Hoffman's numbers were this, Eckersley's were that, because they weren't necessarily the same thing the whole time. No, not all. Well, for people who don't know, Eckersley started for 11 years. Right. <laughs> this guy's racked up 300 wins. Did he really? No, 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 no. Yeah, I saw yeah, 300 on something else. No. <laughs> he has 197 wins. Right. That's like incredible just from that. As a, as a starter. Just as a starter, he did that. Now, were the numbers as pretty towards the end? No, no. that's why he ended up in the bullpen. But right. but he had the stuff. He was pretty damn good in the beginning. Right. And whatever happened, happened. But he's got a little bit more pizzazz. Is that the right word? Yeah. Like that one? Yeah. A little more good. of a it factor, in my opinion. Yeah. Than maybe Trevor did. Because Trevor came in, he's like, you're doing this, and that's the only thing you're going to do. You're not starting. You're not doing this. Come in. Is it Hell's Bells? Yeah. Hell's Bells rings. Yeah. You come in, you save the game. Yeah. Throw us a bunch of change ups and that's that. <laughs> Literally doesn't have a single start. Right. Trevor Hoffman does not have one start. Right. That's what I'm saying. It gets kind of tough. Mariano has a start. Yeah. He made one. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It gets tough to compare them mm-hmm. in terms of second and third because Eckersley kind of had two different careers. Yeah. I think if you look at just the closer career, even let's, let's just say chop off 11 of this guy's 24 years. Right. He still pitches 13 years as a closer. Right. And does pretty damn good. Yeah. Leading the league in saves, obviously, it's kind of a, still a newer thing at the right. time. But yeah. just when you came in, you knew ninth inning, game over, unless it's at Dodger Stadium. Right. Backdoor slider. Yeah, backdoor slider <laughs> goes over the wall. Other than that, he's pretty good. Now, people are going to look. His ERA is not very pretty. I'm not going to lie to you. No. But he's pretty damn dominant. When you get to that inning, you're not scoring off of him. No. Like now, and then, and also, the inning. other thing I say in Hoffman's favor is the era in which he pitched was lots of homers. Was a high offensive era, and he pitched in the same division as Barry. Yeah, he's in the, exactly. He's in the same division as like him. You know, <laughs> so you're absolutely right there. I think this kind of brings me back to that Bieber Walker. Yeah, like it's more of what you prefer. Yes, I, um, for me, I would take Hoffman second and go Dennis third because obviously the two careers. But as much as we said you couldn't score off of Dennis, you really weren't scoring off of Trevor yeah. unless you're the Dodgers again. Four home runs in a row. I love bringing it back to the Dodgers every time. <laughs> but literally, he had like one bad season, his final season at 42 years old. Right. It was time to go. Yeah. And that was just one of those where Father Time said, sorry, Trevor, your time's up. Thank you for playing. Beat it. Hit the road, Jeff. <laughs> but other than that, this guy's done everything. He has an award named after him. He's in the Hall of Fame. Seven-time All-Star. Right. He's- All three guys are Hall of Famers. I mean, exactly. well, <laughs> so- you can't go wrong with any one of the three. No, I don't think so at all. But I love the conversation because everybody's talking about, well, Pete Dennis is doing this and right. Pete Trevor's doing this. Right. It seemed pretty easy that everybody was taking Mariano, but yeah, I feel like that was a no doubter. And it's kind of funny. You brought something up where you're like, what's their most memorable save? Yeah. The most memorable moment. Yeah. It's the closer. Yeah. What's the save? What's the thing? And I don't think either one of us could come up with like that answer. Every answer mm-hmm. was actually a failure. Pretty much. You know, it's, Luis yeah. Gonzalez blooper up the middle. Right. You know, Kurt Gibson's home run, you know. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Gibson hits the home run. Trevor, I can't even think of one. I don't even think this guy really pitched in the playoffs. No, he did. <laughs> Let me see. I'll have an answer for that right now. Yeah, but, Padres made it a couple times with him there. They didn't do anything, but no. no, he, no. he only has four appearances. I'll say he wasn't there Four in years, and he only made six appearances. One of those appearances was ugly. Pitched in the World Series, actually. That's what I was going to say. The World the Series. Yankees. Yeah, I was going to say, 98, was he there? I was like, yeah, yeah. He got lit up. Yeah. <laughs> two innings, two runs. Home run. The only, the only Padre who showed up in that World Series was Tony Gwynn. The rest of the team was like trash. I will say, though, the rest of the, other than the World Series, one appearance, he was pretty good. He's been pretty good everywhere else. He has that one blip. Yeah. 
So again, it, you can't go wrong with any one of these guys. If if you these guys are playing now in their primes, your team would love to have them. Oh yeah, definitely. You're not gonna <laughs> be like, oh, this is our closer today. Yeah. Oh no, we're bringing in Eck. Oh boy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I just thought it was a fun one. I thought it was interesting. I like the feedback. Every time we get a lot of feedback, I like to talk about it. Yeah, no, I know. You know, I I see the responses. I do respond. You do. It, the trolls talk to you, and the regular people talk to you as well. Yeah, it's it's all good. I think we're winding down here. Yeah. Anything that you want to say before we start? Heading? Uh, just, you know, again, you know, happy new year to everybody. And, uh, you know, check us out on sportsbones.com. <laughs> new blog. New blog is up. Oh yes, it is there again about the international free agents. So everybody make sure you guys check that out. Yep. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, everywhere. <laughs> everywhere yeah twitter instagram on twitter dingers and k's instagram dingers and k's podcast we're putting up a bunch of stuff starts bench cuts who would you rather we're just posting random stuff talking to people right we're always there you guys comment we'll get a comment back to you guys you guys dm us we dm you right that is gonna happen we are always out there um you guys can always find us on sportsbomb.com under dingers and k's dingers and k's or the brother on baseball articles great stuff on there find us anywhere podcasts are available Yes. Happy New Year, everybody. 2022. Let's get it started right. And much love, everybody.